Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Create Your Life series, where we help you maximize your potential and results in the area of personal development, entrepreneurship, and travel. And I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. Create your life. Create ta propre vie. Create your life. Create your life. Create la tua vita. Create your life. Don't skip your life. You better create your life. <laughs> create your life. Create la vie. Create your life. Create your life. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and this is another amazing episode of the Create Your Life series with a very talented guest. Before we get started, before I introduce this amazing, phenomenal woman, I want to tell everybody to go out and sign up for our newsletter on createyourlifeseries.com, rcylseries.com. Very important, and when you do so, you will also receive my newest ebook, which are the 10 success secrets that I've learned while interviewing Beyonce's dad. So definitely go and sign up for the email list there and now without further ado i'm actually super excited man i'm happy that this person is here in the studio she's actually been a, a real source of inspiration for myself but also has helped me immensely get to where i'm going and she's one very hard-working young lady she's an award-winning entrepreneurial journalist with a passion for social justice and women empowerment she currently works full-time as the digital editor for black enterprise magazine where she writes edits and covers events around the country i infuse in her passion for journalism and social justice she has created Let Your Voice Be Heard Radio as a platform to inform, educate, and empower others about current events, politics, and social issues from a millennial perspective. Uh, the award-winning talk show broadcast on WACR 90.3 FM, The Voice of Harlem, sounds familiar, and is streamed online at lyvbh.com every Sunday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. On the show, she has booked and interviewed Senator Cory Booker, Mayor Bill de Blasio, Russell Simmons, and former MSNBC host Torrey amongst others. She's also worked as a TV correspondent assistant producer for What's Eating Harlem, which airs on PBS's local affiliate station, NYC Life. And on the show, she books and interviews prominent entrepreneurs, philanthropists, and movers and shakers in Harlem. She has worked as a special election coverage reporter covering the 2012 U.S. presidential election and current events at RussellSimmonsGlobalGrind.com. In addition, she has freelanced for the New York Amsterdam News, one of the nation's longest-running historically black newspaper, and has worked at NV New Vision in Business Magazine. I where she's landed on-camera interviews with Reverend Jesse Jackson, Angela Simmons, and Big Sean. And in both 2016 and 2017, she was honored with the New York Association of Black Journalists Award for Best Blog Commentary. Create Your Life family, please welcome Miss Selena Hill. Selena, please say hello to the Create Your Life family. Oh my God. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you. I mean, that was such a wonderful introduction. And as honored as you feel to have me, I feel just as honored to be here. Obviously, I'm a fan of the show. We work <laughs> together. You. We're colleagues here at the station, WHCR. So the love and respect is mutual. Like, Kevin, <laughs> you were on the TV show that I do. So like, yeah. you can big <laughs> me up all you want. But we, you know, we've worked together. We've collaborated. And I definitely appreciate being here on create your life nah you have the best energy ever and you're always super positive seeing you like it's always like yo you when you see selena you know that it's about to be a great conversation 
the energy oh, is just wow. always there. It's like on Thank 13, oh 15. I, I just want to jump right in, I guess, because otherwise I'm going to sit here and I'm going to sing your praises for like the next 10 please minutes. Please don't do that. No, please don't. <laughs> All right. So you're a native New Yorker. I feel like one of the few, like you, you run into people who, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? I feel like I'm a transplant. I see a lot of transplants out here, but I guess like how did growing up in New York really shape you and prepare you for who you are, you know, as a journalist, as a New Yorker, because you'd be moving around a lot growing up here help you and what part of new york are you from like yeah so my whole family is from new york city um from queens i'm originally from queens i've spent a little time in white plains and westchester but Mm -hmm. i'm originally from queens born and raised in new york and to answer your question new york is all about the hustle and bustle right Right. it's the city that never sleeps Mm -hmm. so intrinsically that definitely influenced my personality because i'm always on the go Mm -hmm. but i'm also a type a personality by nature i'm also extremely extroverted I'm a people person. I'm social. Just being in an atmosphere that really cultivates that, mm-hmm. it kind of just made it seem completely normal to work like 8, 10, or 12-hour days or to work like 70-hour weeks, you know? That was my norm. Mm-hmm. And that was what I was always surrounded by. So, I mean, in New York City is just like the best place in the <laughs> world, right. which is why we have so many dope people like you mm-hmm. moving here, right? So right. The, the, moving to like either coast. But like, yeah, I think the East coast is the best coast it's it's new york city come on like why wouldn't you want to be here so i like it's a blessing to actually be native too yeah nah i, I definitely see that being a journalist you got these 70 hours a weeks going and things like that how did your love from journalism even come about because realistically that bio that i just read that's heavy that's heavy <laughs> You know, you're getting these awards from journalist associations and things like that. The show has won awards as well, your show. So, you know what I mean? Where did your love for journalism even start from? Yeah, I think that my love for journalism was birthed out of just my consciousness and becoming more socially aware. Like when my uh, my sister, she's she's my half sister. I call her my sister. Like she grew up in a very different type of environment than I did. Even though I was by no means extremely privileged, I still had so much more than her. Mm -hmm. And then when she was born, I was like 14, 15, and I just realized all the lack of opportunities that she would be given simply because of the environment where she was born in the part of New York City. And then I was just like, and it's not just her. It's so many other young black and brown kids in these underrepresented neighborhoods and communities. They are not being served and they don't have a fair chance at life. And that was really eye-opening to me. And I said, you know what? Like, I literally prayed about it and I was like, God, how can I use my gifts to help this epidemic, to help this problem? Mm-hmm. And that's when I realized in high school that I wanted to write. Mm-hmm. And then when I went to college, that just further affirmed that I wanted to be a journalist and work in every medium of journalism because I actually went to New Orleans Mm -hmm. for the Hurricane Katrina relief effort in 2006 and 2007. Mm -hmm. And just seeing firsthandedly how people were devastated and completely neglected in the Lower Ninth Ward, Mm -hmm. it changed my life. I was literally like, I need to be the voice for these people. Mm -hmm. I need to tell everybody about this in any way possible, Mm -hmm. you know, radio or writing. At that time, I never went to work on TV. I never did. That just sort of fell into my lap. But yeah, so I just always wanted to do that. Okay. And so once you you went down there and you said, you know what, I need to be the voice. What was the first aspect of journalism that you picked up on? Because right now you're multimedia, like the definition of it, right? You do radio, you do film, video, you do all of these different aspects you write. What was the first avenue that you picked up in order to start your journalism career? I think especially it, after seeing that. Yeah, I think it was writing because in college I mm-hmm. joined the newspaper and then shortly thereafter I started let your 
your voice be heard on the campus at SUNY L. Westbury where I went. But while I was in New Orleans, I wrote this spoken word piece. Mm -hmm. And because I was just like crying and I just couldn't articulate my feelings. And I put in a spoken word piece and I performed it like on college or like the college campus and stuff like that. So like those and at the time I didn't realize it, but that was pretty much propelling me into the direction that I would move, which is speaking to people and communicating, Mm, you know, so. Okay. Yep, that was that. Yeah. No, nah, I love it. Okay, I didn't know you spit. I no, oh, spit. I used to, yeah, I used to rap in high school. <laughs> you used to rap. Yes. Okay, Selena Hill. What was your What was your rap name? CC. Okay. Yep. We had this click. It was called um. <laughs> we were Dimes with Rhymes. Yep. <laughs> and we would call ourselves Dime Set. We had the logo. We had the hand motion. We had a little slogan. Go? Like and we hand? were like Dime Set, Dime Set, Dime Set. <laughs> like Dipset. <laughs> oh, because yes. ah. like Dipset, right? Because we were Dipset fans. So yeah, like I started out rapping in high school, and then that sort of transformed into like spoken word and then writing and then journalism oh got you that's pretty awesome so that being said you started with let your voice be heard in college i didn't know that you know and i know your co-host stan you also met in uh in college right yep i okay. met him at the radio station Nice. Stanley Fritz and I I started it in 2006 and automatically we just bonded like mm-hmm. Stanley's my brother forever like starting from moment one we just automatically clicked and then soon he was like I want to join your team mm-hmm. like season two so I was like okay we had like a cast of like eight of, it was like eight of us and like mm-hmm. we had a two and a half hour show on let your voice be heard and we were talking about the issues on campus that weren't being addressed mm-hmm. from the student body perspective yeah. so we became so popular at one point thank God that this girl she had food poisoning on campus and she called into our show like i'm suffering from food poisoning and she put the cafeteria on blast and we were like shouldn't you be going to the hospital but like she called in to let your voice be heard mm-hmm. and like whenever there were issues on sga or any controversy they were like we're going to let your voice be heard and i was just like oh my god i want to do this professionally yeah okay i'm loving it i'm loving it so saying that now you guys have evolved from the campus and you're here at whcr what is your award-winning radio show i want to you know emphasize that that you guys won that award please tell us what the award was as well but what do you guys cover on the show so we cover politics and social mm-hmm. issues from a diverse perspective and we won an award from the new york press club in 2016 for best radio commentary so we did this segment about reparations mm-hmm. and we had veteran radio host larry elder call in from the west coast and he's a conservative voice mm-hmm. so he was arguing that reparations are not needed in any form or you know we just shouldn't have reparations Mm -hmm. and stanley became so passionate and heated that he literally had to leave the studio he'll debate me on this but i thought i saw tears in his eyes that's how angry he was but he didn't know like in that midst of passion he was just dropping knowledge and gems and it was such a great conversation and it was very balanced so Mm -hmm. we submitted that for the new york press club and lo and behold we won an award for that and yeah the issues that we cover Mm -hmm. we talk about everything from pop culture like we talked today we did the show and we talked about everything is love that's jay-z and beyonce's new album Mm -hmm. we talked about the me too movement and the accusations against jamie fox and then we had a deep dive conversation about big business and corporate greed and how it's impacting our lives everyday Mm -hmm. people so that's the things we do we talk about the social causes and social issues Mm, i like it okay I guess I love the way that that sounded. Can you give us some gems or some strategies, you know what I mean, to become an award-winning journalist like yourself? Like, what are some of the things that you say, you know what I mean, someone must do? Oh, my God. It's so funny because, like, we talk all the time. So hearing you put that spin on it, like, award-winning journalist. I'm like, Kevin, all right. You got to own it. Come on. You call me Selena, like, all the time. No, I'll call you the Selena Hill. Oh, my God. No, you don't. All right. (laughs) Um... (laughs) 
Yeah, but I, I would say if I had to give three pieces of advice, it would be practice, perfect, and pitch, right? So, mm, like, practice because if you want to do anything and be good at it, you have to keep doing it. Mm -hmm. And the more you do something, mm -hmm. the easier it becomes. Mm -hmm. Like, I, you know, when I first started here at WHCR, it was hard. My nerves would get in the way. But now I'm much more at ease and I'm much better at what I do. Mm -hmm. So because of practice, I have perfected it or at least I'm in that process mm -hmm. and I say the last P is pitch because if you don't sell yourself mm -hmm. especially in our social media era that mm -hmm. we live in it's basically like you don't exist like yeah. visibility means so much mm -hmm. and not only is it self-serving but you can really impact and influence and inspire other people's lives by being transparent and vulnerable and talking about your own struggle and your own journey and through that transparency and proper marketing and social media, it can mm. definitely lead to opportunities. Yeah, speaking of opportunities, I see throughout the year, every single year, you are speaking on like multiple panels and you're doing these different things, even moderating. I saw that, you know, you went from basically running the behind the scenes at the Black Enterprise Conferences to moderating this year and continuing to rise, right? You know, you became like digital editor, I believe, last year, right? So mm -hmm. you continue to rise. What are some of the things that you do in order to sell yourself and continue to move forward and upward? Yeah, no, I think that is so important. I think it's important important to be very cognizant and strategic about how you're branding yourself online because mm. if you're going to exist online but you're not putting any thought behind it then you're probably doing yourself a disservice mm. by just putting up anything that you happen to be thinking you know if you're drunk and you know just doing things that you may regret whereas on the other hand I use social media very purposefully so mm. I'm like okay I'm putting this picture up of me you know at the conference or moderating or interviewing someone for a reason, maybe I'll tell a backstory, maybe I'll just put up like a cute and quirky caption, but I'm putting it up to show that my career and what I'm passionate about is literally my life. And I want people to see that. And I want people to know that about me. So now when people see me, they automatically associate me with my work. Mm -hmm. And that's because I'm always constantly pumping that out. Like you've heard the term, you're only as good as like your last right. thing, right. last yeah, event right, right. or something mm -hmm. like that, right? So you wanna just stay fresh, you wanna stay relevant, you wanna target, your social media audience know why they even come to you mm -hmm. and give them what they want whether that you know did they look for you for a Monday motivation for inspiration like what are mm -hmm. they looking for you for and then continue to do that but with a level of professionalism and I think that people recognize that and that could definitely lead to more opportunities okay this is a, a big question and I, I really want to know the answer to this from you. Every Sunday, you come from very far in Queens to do your show, Let Your Voice Be Heard. Uh, you travel around the country, you got a full-time job, you host an events everywhere, you know, and moderating panels, speaking for different causes, but you still manage to be amazingly humble and super kind. What's your secrets to balancing it all? Because you also, I, and I forgot to mix in the entrepreneurship aspect you have in there as well. So what are some of your secrets to balancing it all, for real? Um, um, I would say being humble that is life experience itself like things weren't always on the up and up for me just like mm -hmm. they weren't for you or for anybody listening you know you go through those struggle periods but mm -hmm. I feel like every struggle comes with a purpose like this purpose and pain and for me it was definitely learning humility because mm -hmm. like I like many millennials I graduated college top of my class spoke at my commencement and I won the presidential medal of honor from Reverend Calvin Butt who's mm -hmm. the president of SUNY 
Westbury. And I was just like, I should just get a job like this. Like, I should just be hired. And no, it didn't work like that. It took about two or three months just for me to get an unpaid internship. Wow, what'd you intern? I don't want to say the name because I'm going to give you the hours and that I interned and I don't even know if it's legal. Okay. <laughs> so I worked 50 hours a week without pay. And maybe at that time in New York City was legal, but like that, I don't, I'm not sure how ethical that is. Right, right. But it was for a pretty popular political website. Okay. And just doing that type of work mm-hmm. and being with people who were my senior, right? I was mm-hmm. working with journalists who graduated from Harvard and Yale and Stanford and who were like super smart and intelligent. And automatically I became from going, I went from becoming like the high person on the totem pole to the low. Mm -hmm. automatically so that was a humbling experience Mm -hmm. and then when my contract at Global Grind was not renewed in 2012 very humbling as well and I spent three years working at a media startup that I wasn't I didn't particularly like or really appreciate as much Mm -hmm. at the time so that was another humbling experience and at that time I worked there for three years like Mm. actively pursuing and seeking work not receiving any phone calls back no Mm. interviews it was a lot and I was like almost miserable Mm. and I had to really pray and ask God like okay what is the lesson I need to learn and I think it was patience and humility so I would say that those life experiences regarding my work has taught me to be humble and to realize we're just one drop in this large pool of water called life you know Mm -hmm. we're all blessed with talents and creative ability to some degree and i think that no one is more dope than the other person like Mm -hmm. you may admire some things about me and i may admire some things about another person but we're all individuals we're all super unique and original and i think that we should just celebrate that within ourselves Mm, i like that so when you were going through these tough times matter of fact you know what let me go back how do you celebrate your uniqueness um Okay, okay. I like that question off the cuff. Um, How do I celebrate it? I would say I appreciate it. I wouldn't say that like I'm actively celebrating, but I did learn to appreciate. And that also took time and experience because I remember a lot of people around me would say things like, oh, Selena, you're so dope and you're this and that. And I did not believe in myself. Mm. Like I put everybody else on a pedestal and I'm like, this person is super dope and this person is doing that and I'm not. And I guess other people had saw, they saw the potential inside of me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, other things like maybe my work ethic, whatever. And they kept saying, you know, I see something in you, but I didn't see it at that time. And it took like a lot of self-reflection and evaluation and to just really build my self-esteem, my self-worth. And of course, it took prayer. And I was just like, all right, God, I need to appreciate who you created me to be. And I couldn't see it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't see myself like that at that time. And I, I really had to take it to God. And I think that through time and experience, I learned to not put people on a pedestal, mm-hmm. keep things in perspective and realize that like God is the creator of everything. Like if anybody needs to be praised, I feel like it should be God. And I feel like I'll look at dope people and dope creations and I'll be like, yo, that's so dope because of God. I don't look at anybody else mm-hmm. like, oh my God, you're super smart, and intelligent. And like, it, it, I don't let that make me feel less than about myself. Mm anymore anymore it took a long long time and i remember i had a conversation with ash who Mm -hmm. also does a show here Mm -hmm. um the ash cast show shout out to him yeah shout out to ash he's the reason why i'm here absolutely yo shout out to ash yeah he's the The plug plug for real Uh and we were having a conversation along these lines and i remember he told me he was like you know even if barack obama walked into the room right now i wouldn't be so flawed and like lose myself he would be like i think barack obama is dope and talented i respect him but i don't look at myself as even less 
worse than him. Right. And I was like, what? How does Ash think so highly of himself? Mm-hmm. And then I just realized, like, no, he just has balance and perspective, and I didn't. And I I'm, love that. You know what I'm saying? So I was just like, yeah, you're right. Barack Obama is just another human being. Another human. That's how I look. Just That's like you are, just like I am, mm-hmm. right? And yes, let's appreciate the dopeness in one another and things you're good at that mm-hmm. I'm not naturally good at. Mm-hmm. Like, I could be like, yo, that's super dope, right? Yeah. Yo, I love that. But that doesn't diminish or take away from mm-hmm. my uniqueness. Exactly. Exactly. And when you do that, then you just live to see other people win. And that was a question that I had for you. I already answered it. But you know <laughs> what I mean? I'm like, oh, every time I see you, you know, somebody's talking to you, whatever. You know what I mean? You just have this love and this passion for what it is that they're pursuing and that they're doing. So I was going to ask you, you know, where does that come from? But uh, you kind of already knocked it out the park. But well, I'll add to it. Okay. I'll say do. that naturally I see the good in people. Yeah. I'm an optimist. Naturally, mm-hmm. I see the mm-hmm. glass half full. And also just being a Christian, like my faith also really influences how I see people. Yeah. So I always see the good in people. Like sometimes by default, people won't even want to argue with me or tell me about things or problematic people because I'll be like, okay, but there's still this, there's still that. Mm-hmm. Like I'll always see the good. So yeah. I love that. So for you, you talk about you know when you you didn't have these great times and you were going through that hard time of three months and then working 50 hours at an unpaid job who was your biggest champion and supporter during those hard times definitely my mother because she gave me so much tough love and just told me to hang in there Mm -hmm. Um, and just kept pushing me super super supportive even to this day very supportive i've also been blessed with a great group of friends like stanley fritz we do let your voice be heard radio here together every sunday and he was always a champion like he was that person like selena you're so dope like i don't you just don't see it why don't you believe in yourself why don't you think you can do this web series or you could talk or be transparent so he was super dope like and i've had other friends too so Mm -hmm. thank god i've surrounded myself with like very supportive people i love it so what did some of that tough love from mom look like i'm just curious oh stop crying and get it together like okay you got fired or okay you didn't get this job interview so what Mm -hmm. try again keep it moving keep pushing Mm -hmm. and also she would be the first one to actually point out what i did wrong Mm -hmm. all the time and you know how you don't want to hear it especially Mm -hmm. when you're younger Mm -hmm. but she'll be the one to say okay but you did this you were that you know why would you even expect to get the job or to land that interview if you weren't 100 percent on point Mm. and so she's always challenged me to be my best self and put Mm -hmm. my best foot forward at all times Mm. seriously (laughs) like no room for error Mm. at all so i guess with that i want to ask what was that defining moment for you that kind of put you on the path to where you are now like was there one particular thing that happened that kind of said you know what i'm going like this and i'm going to keep pushing forward you know maybe into journalism multimedia journalism i mean just what that has made you the selena hill the version that you are right now because i know in three months you're going to be you know have evolved so (laughs) honestly that is also rooted in my experience in new orleans Mm -hmm. because we went in 2006 and then Mm -hmm. we went back in 2007 and to see the lower knife ward look like the disaster happened a day before I was devastated. You know, you you hear about poverty and government neglect and disparities, but when you see it, and like I was still on American soil. Mm -hmm. So seeing it from that perspective is really that defining moment that made me say, I want to dedicate my life Mm -hmm. to being a voice for the voiceless Mm -hmm. and lifting up these social ills to make it better and leaving a legacy of change that inspires and motivates others. Mm. Well, there you have it.
And just piggybacking on that time where you had, you know, where things were hard, what was your response to no's and how do you handle, you know, naysayers or those who may criticize where you are right now in your career and where you intend to go? Okay, so there were times when I've heard no and I thought, okay, let me ask somebody else. Let me go around you, right. <laughs> which is right, not right, always right. a good thing. <laughs> That's not always a good thing, but no to me meant, okay, that means I just need to go around. Okay, mm-hmm. that's what that meant, right? But um, yeah, sometimes no can be a good thing. You mm-hmm. know, I've learned that I'm at the point where I actually need to like almost accept no or accept maybe not now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Interpret that as okay, not now. I think that no's can be disheartening when we hear them, especially mm-hmm. if we're like goal oriented and we're trying to get to a certain place. But I think that sometimes that no means you're not ready mm-hmm. because if you were, you know, why wouldn't everything just open up? Why right. wouldn't you have that opportunity? Mm-hmm. I mean, opportunity equates from success and preparation. Mm-hmm. So it should be yours mm-hmm. unless you have like an adversary or someone who's directly trying to obstruct your success. That's different. That's a different type of no. But I think that sometimes no's mean, let me go back to the drawing board, figure out what I did wrong, what I could be doing better, and how, when, and if this opportunity comes around again, I can get it. And honestly, that happened to me. I had a dream job. I always wanted to work at CNN. Okay. And how much time do I have? You got 20 seconds. Okay, I always wanted to work at CNN. And I went on an interview. (laughs) I bombed it. I was late. I was unprepared. I wasn't dressed right. And I cried. And about five to six years later, I took those lessons learned. I Mm -hmm. went in there and I knocked it out the box at CNN. And honestly, I didn't even want the job. Uh I just wanted to prove that I could do it. And I did. So you know what I'm saying? So I had that no, but I took it as a lesson learned to how to get a yes. Okay. Okay. And what happened with the opportunity? You knocked it out the park and then what? Yeah, I didn't I didn't really want it at that time, but I know mm. I did so well on that interview. I think they offered me a freelance position or something like yeah. that and I and I think I, I think I turned it down. Okay. Well, all right. Well, beautiful people, we're going to cut to a quick musical break, but we are here in the studio with Miss Selena Hill, the Selena Hill, and we are learning a lot about her path and this authenticness that she has to her. So, we're going to cut to a quick musical break and uh we'll be back. This episode is brought to you by Podcast Laundry, a podcast editing service that gives podcasters more time to be creative by handling the dirty work of editing and all of the behind the scenes work that podcasters hate. If you're a podcaster, check out our services and purchase a package today. Spend more time doing what you love and let Podcast Laundry do the dirty work for you. Visit podcastlaundry.com for more information. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and we are back with the Selena Hill. Selena, are you here with us? Absolutely. Man, I am loving you in the studio right now. I told you on the break, I was like, yo, you can come and be on the show anytime you want to. So I'm going to take you up on that, and I want you to come back through. Before we left, you talked about bombing an interview for CNN, and then you went back years later and absolutely killed it. They offered you a position, and you didn't want it. But you've had the opportunity to interview a lot of people during your journalism career. Are there any people who stood out to you or that you just love to interview, and why? Yes, but I would have to say the interview that stands out to me the most Mm -hmm. right now would be when Russell Simmons called in to let your voice be heard because I bombed it. I was so bad. I literally started crying hysterically when it was done. Mm. Um, It was awful because I tried so hard to get him on the show, Mm -hmm. despite the fact I was working for his company at the time or around that time. It was so really hard to get him to call in. And then he did. And we had such high expectations. And then when he 
finally called in. He was Russell. You know, obviously this is way before Me Too. So he dropped gems and I remember he just totally took over the conversation and dominated it and used it to really spread his message and push his products. And I let that interview just run wild. Like as an interviewee, like you have that control, like you have that mic Mm -hmm. and you need to make sure that you're getting accomplished what you want the listener to hear and know. Mm -hmm. And I didn't do that. It was just basically the let Russell Simmons voice be heard show. Mm -hmm. And I just let it run for me and I felt so horrible about it. And I realized, oh my, everything I did wrong. Mm -hmm. So that interview taught me a lot as well about like just being confident and not being afraid to take control. And I know what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? I didn't always have that mentality. So I have to remember like, okay, I'm a radio host. I'm a podcaster because people trust in me as a media personality to uh, to steer and navigate a conversation in a certain way. So I have to use that skill set rather than feeling so inferior or intimidated by whoever it may be Mm -hmm. and letting them just talk. And that's Mm -hmm. what I did. Interesting. And, you know, that has something that ties back to what you were saying earlier about, you know, seeing other people as just a person and being confident in your own dopeness. What would you what advice would you give to someone aspiring to be in journalism right now? That's probably like just getting out or it's like, you know what, they want to switch and really get in the game. What would you tell them to do? I would tell them a few things. I would say, number one, video is a really big component right now. Mm -hmm. Um, If you don't want to be in front of the camera, I would say learn the skill set to edit video. To this day, I regret not taking a video editing class when I was at school. And I could have and I didn't. And I could have learned literally Final Cut Pro for free. Not for free, but I was already paying for college tuition. Mm -hmm. And I didn't take advantage. And video just bloomed and blossomed since I've graduated in 2009. So I would tell anyone journalists like visuals if you Mm -hmm. can create gifts do videos whatever you can do if you're a photographer that is extremely it's it's needed right now mm-hmm. I will also tell them social media is key like mm-hmm. we, we live in a very visual digital era so mm-hmm. make sure whatever you're doing get online and use it strategically to yeah. promote your work and to create your work because mm-hmm. you will have opportunities like people book me for speaking engagements because they've seen me on social media they've seen a little clip or something mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know it goes a far way and the last thing that I would really encourage anyone who's pursuing journalism is just make sure you have a passion project or something independent Mm. because number one journalism like any job comes and goes right but if you can secure your own private hustle like kevin y brown does (laughs) then you'll always be self-sufficient right you'll always have an extra stream of revenue like become a photographer and book gigs on the side right or videographer or you know create a web series and, and monetize it on youtube do that because you need that stream of revenue and you also need to make sure you stay relevant and if you happen to want to work for a major media company like I have or, or did, I think these passion projects give you a leg up. And it's very important to make sure that you continue doing independent media as well. Love it. Absolutely love it. How do you stay motivated? You have a lot of energy and I'm sure that people come to you always want to quote unquote pick your brain and stuff like that. So how do you make sure that you stay rejuvenated? And do you have like any rituals or anything like that that you do? <laughs> That's so funny. Um, No, I, I prayer like, you know, I'm a Christian. So like I'm a big and firm believer in faith and just praying and believing in who God created me to be right like mm-hmm. the Bible says we're fearfully and wonderfully made like mm-hmm. I had to really recite that and believe that so that's something staying humble keeps me motivated because when I see other dope people like Ash Cash and Stan Lee and Tamika Mallory Ava DuVernay and like Kevin Y. Brown like when I see you guys 
guys continually mm-hmm. motivated, that keeps me motivated because it just shows me how big that realm of possibility is. Mm-hmm. Like all these opportunities, like you're in serious radio, right? Mm-hmm. So that's like, oh my God, if Kevin can do it, so can I. Right. I have to just stay hungry. I have to stay motivated. I have to continue to push. Mm-hmm. Okay. Love it. All right. Now I got a question for you. Can you swim? Why? Why did you ask me that? Because we're about to jump into the dolphin tank. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. You ready? Yes. Okay. What are your goal setting methods and how do you make sure that you're growing every year? I like to set goals. Honestly, I need to get a little better at it just to be 100% transparent. But I like to set goals at the beginning of the year mm-hmm. and like hardcore goals. Like where mm-hmm. do I want to be in six months and where do I want to be in a year? Mm-hmm. And I think along that process, you have to remain cognizant and track what it is that where you are along on that path mm-hmm. and that progress. And I think another great way to achieve goals is like for me is maybe tell other people and have them hold you accountable. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you can have sessions where you meet with different people and you're like, where are you in your goals? Right. Where, and, you know, and you talk back and forth. Mm-hmm. And, like, we used to even do that here at WACR. Right, right. Like, you know, mm-hmm. as colleagues here at the station, we would talk about our goals, mm-hmm. hold each other accountable. And, mm-hmm. yeah, so I think things like that is something that's really motivating for me and, mm-hmm. like, achieving my own personal goals. Absolutely. And then I always have, like, the milestone goals. I mean, I turned 30 and like 25. Like I remember before I turned 25, I was like, I'm not going to work at this same job for the same salary Mm -hmm. before I turned 25. And I didn't. By the time I turned 25, I had Mm -hmm. a new job and I think I was making like double the amount. Mm -hmm. It it wasn't, it wasn't anything crazy, but it was still, it was still double. I was like, yeah, like, you know, it's still progress. It's still progress. Okay. What was the top tech that you're using to make your business run smoothly? Okay, so I would say, like, if emails count and Facebook. So so the thing is what Let Your Voice Be Heard. You know, Stanley's the techie. He handles, like, he's so innovative. And he'll come up with me and be like, we need to be on this platform. We need to be on yeah. this social. So he does a really good job at managing all of that. But I would say some key things, like, we use Google Docs all the time. Right. He'll start editing a piece, and I'll come in and edit it. Um, so that's something that, that's a great way that we communicate. Obviously, we communicate through group chats all day. Mm-hmm. Um, um, our team are constantly in communication. Now we have Wi-Fi at this station. We've taken advantage of Facebook Live. And mm-hmm. honestly, Facebook Live for our show has been a strong proponent. People love engaging with us. On top of that, we've used other analytical tools like Hootsuite, TweetDeck, oh, you yeah. know, like, you know, you know, all, all of the tools, all the social media tools, all the data, you know, anything that will help us track data. Um, that's the, Those are the type of things that we use. OK, well, we got a question uh, here on Facebook Live. Jamari Peterson would like to know, what would you advise for the hungry entrepreneurs and founders to do to break through the noise, particularly ones of color and are women? Yeah, break through the noise. I would say finding a particular beat or uniqueness will Mm -hmm. definitely help set you apart. And Mm -hmm. sometimes that's hard, right? Because everyone has a podcast. Everyone has a YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, you really have to zero in on what makes you and yours different and amplify that. Niche down. Right, niche down. And I think that that's set apart. And if you can convince your audience Mm -hmm. and unique viewers that you're not going to get this anywhere else. Right. And you know why they're not going to get it? Because they're not going to get you. Like, we're all unique human beings. Exactly. So if you can take those internal talents and that internal uniqueness mm-hmm. and, and monetize that and, and make that into a product or a service, then mm-hmm. I think you can definitely win. 
Okay. What is your favorite quote or model that you live by? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Talk about it. <laughs> All right. I'm going to have to go back. And I have a few. I have a few. But the one that's top of mind is the one that I just said. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Because, mm-hmm. like, I feel like that's the theme of our conversation. Like, overcoming yeah. fear and, and and low self-esteem and things that we all struggle with. Like, we mm-hmm. all have insecurities. Some are big. Some are little. Some suffer from them more than others. Mm-hmm. But I think that me really just living by that bible verse has Mm -hmm. helped me become the person that i am a lot okay the favorite or most impactful book you've read i'm gonna i'm gonna feel like a broken record because like i'm gonna have to say the bible like literally like i literally read the bible every single day and it's such a strong source of motivation for me it's a time where i could just like reflect and just block every other thing back and it's just me and the creator of the universe that's a super special moment. You know what I'm saying? Where you're just like, it's just you and like that feeling of oneness. It's mm-hmm. powerful and it's deep. And, you know, being such a people person, like I love to be around people, but I also need that quiet time mm-hmm. to just reflect. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, we're constantly taking in information and knowledge. Right. Like I've read self-help books and mm-hmm. I've subscribed to different things, but I feel like by like reading the Bible, it's such a source of wisdom mm-hmm. and I can see my life like reflected in it. So it's mm-hmm. it's very like prophetic for me. So I would say it's definitely that. Okay. Three jewels you would give someone looking to create their best life. Okay. I would say, and it may sound cliche, but you really do have to be authentic. You really mm-hmm. have to own your authenticity and own your dopeness. Like first you have to identify it. That's number one. Figure out what makes you dope and why you're dope. Right. And, and sometimes it's not what you do. It's who you are. You can be really kind-hearted. You can be really compassionate. You can be very helpful. Like, those type of things, people downplay it. And we're all like, oh, how much money do you have? What car right, do you drive? Right. And I'm like, some of the best people on this earth, those are just super compassionate. Mm-hmm. And so much you can do with compassion. Like, you can save the world just with a heart of compassion. So I would say be authentic and be your real self. Another thing I would say is, and I, I guess to kind of piggybacks on it but once you find out who you are stay true to that mm. and don't let anyone knock it you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying don't let anyone push you off your trajectory or where it is that you're trying to go and i guess the third thing i would say is and i'm putting them together like be patient and humble mm-hmm. because i think that once you find your dopeness if you let it build your ego that can also knock you down mm, right right okay love it okay so what's next for you miss selena hill the selena hill I can't with you. So, you know, I'm really happy where I'm at now at Black Enterprise. You know, you mentioned, you know, I started off just two years ago as a freelancer. Six months later to the date, I was promoted as associate digital editor. Six months later, I was a digital editor. And I love it. Um, yeah, no, thank you God. No joke. <laughs> I mean, okay. Right. All right. No, no. Seriously. Seriously. Thank God. It's just right timing. A lot of that happened because of timing. Someone left and then I was pushed in and and I loved it and I've benefited so much. Mm -hmm. So I think that I'm still expanding where I am now. Like there's Mm -hmm. still so much I haven't done. Like I haven't wrote a cover story for Black Enterprise yet. You know what I'm saying? I love yet. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, like Mm -hmm. I haven't like you've been to our large scale events. I haven't been on that main stage yet. So there's still so much I want to accomplish while I'm here. And, you know, 
you know, I feel really good about being here. You know, obviously, more than likely, eventually, I probably will move on. Mm -hmm. And I do want to work for like my own media, independent mm -hmm. media company full time eventually. Mm -hmm. So those are the long term goals. Okay, love it. Okay, so how can we keep in contact with you? So you guys can definitely follow me on social media at Miss Selena Hill and Miss is spelled with an M-S. So mm -hmm. it's M-S-S-E-L-E-N-A Hill H-I-L-L. Love it. Okay. Well, Selena, thank you so much for being on the show. Create Your Life family. Y'all know what comes next. It is time for the turnaround. So oh, this yes. is where you are actually in control and I become the guest. Selena has questions. Yes, I don't I know do. what those questions are. I so we down. are going to see. Oh, whoa, <laughs> hey. <laughs> I don't know what these questions are. So we're about to find out what's going on in here. And, you know, we're going to have this discussion. So, uh, Selena, I am all yours. Okay. So my first question for you is what haven't you achieved yet? What haven't I achieved yet? Oh, man. I mean, there's a lot of things that I haven't achieved. Are you, is there anything in specific? That are we you talking want to achieve and you haven't yet. Oh, man. I haven't lived out of the country past college yet. Like when I was in college, I studied abroad. So I haven't lived out of the country. So that's something that I definitely want to be able to do. I haven't hit the financial goal that I want to. And so I'm, I'm very excited about that right now. And uh, just enthusiastic. Um, what else haven't I accomplished? There are a few things. There are a few things. I'm not a homeowner at the moment, so that's something to aspire towards. And I think there's more of life that I feel like I want to learn. And so I think my goals are going to grow even bigger. But those are a few of the things that I haven't accomplished that I would like to. Okay, well, you're on your way. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I keep dope people like you around me, so it's always good. Can't. you know right okay so how do you overcome setbacks i overcome setbacks by number one i kind of take everything with a grain of salt if it's something that i self-inflicted or that i did then i really really you know I t I, i'm very hard on myself so i'll take it very serious you know if i if i make a mistake you know what i mean especially if it involves anyone else and so i evaluate and i talk to a group of people who i like to call my advisors depending on the severity of it you know or what exactly had happened but setbacks usually you know what I mean? It's just kind of like find a way or make one is my philosophy. So, you know what I mean? If it doesn't happen right now, then it's still going to happen. And sometimes the joy is really just in like how you went back to CNN. You know what I mean? You might not get an opportunity. And then I set a lot of goals and it's kind of like, you know, I do stuff because I think that I can. And so in that, then I'm just like, literally, it's just like, oh, you know what? This might take two months or this might take two weeks or this might take two years. Before the show started, I was like, yo, the show's going to make it on Sirius XM. Remember when I first started, I was like, yo, the show's going to be on there. Yeah. But I pitched multiple channels and had multiple conversations and emails that never got responded to and phone calls that never got responded to and people telling me, no, it's not a good fit for right now. And in reality, you know, those are setbacks, but I was laughing at them. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, you don't know who I am. And that's how I take setbacks sometimes is I'm like, you don't know who I am or you don't understand that I'm like literally going to text, call and email you for six months straight. You don't get that yet. And so when you start to understand that, you kind of like, oh, man, this dude is like really not going to stop. Like, I'm dead serious like I'm super serious like this is happening and I just try to look at things from that perspective so when there's a setback I think of it as something just temporary nice okay I know yeah. you're relentless I already <laughs> know that first handily so <laughs> I've been on the receiving end but you hope it wasn't too hard want. no no Kevin I'm just kidding <laughs> with you you know I'm just messing so the last question is a little personal okay because obviously you've been a guest on my show what's eating Harlem and mm -hmm. that interview that we had it, it was very moving towards like for me like you mm -hmm. opened up about your past and mm -hmm. how you know you lived in foster care and you know everything i was just like yo this is deep mm -hmm. right so i just wanted to know would you say that you've and this could be for anything mm -hmm. 
that you've forgiven the person who has hurt you most, whoever that may be. Mm, yeah, I would say from that situation in particular, you know, you have a lot of experiences that are less than ideal. Yeah, you forgive, but you don't forget. And, you know, the biggest thing for me personally has been to do a lot of personal work so that I could move beyond that. And so prime example, if anyone has known me from being younger and not and I'm not talking about being a kid, I'm talking about as simple as maybe six months ago then or three months ago or even, you know, a month ago. If you're paying attention, you can see that I've been working at becoming a better person, a better man. And I just believe in that. And so a lot of that has to do with forgiveness. And a lot of that also has to do with understanding that sometimes people do things and it's not about you. And so if you can look at situations optimistically and from that perspective, then it helps you to be able to move forward and not keep carrying that weight around. So funny enough, I actually, the first book that I published is not the first book that I wrote. And the first book that I wrote, there's a chapter in the chapter two is called No Prisoners. And it's called No Prisoners because if you think about a person who is tending to a prisoner, you have a prisoner in a cell and you have the person who's standing there. That person on the outside is also a prisoner. And it's a deep concept. But what it means is, is that as long as you have to stand guard and hold that person prisoner to the actions that they've done from the past, then you're also tied to it and you're also a prisoner to this memory and to this thing. So for me, moving past that and understanding that some of this stuff, you know, I'm actually thankful for my foster care experience because it made me who I am. It's the reason why I'm relentless. It's the reason why I I go so hard at my goals and things like that. So understanding that there's pros and cons to it, right? Like, you know, we all have, you know, our vices and things that we need to improve on. And I think that if you're actively moving towards that, then you can do nothing but become better. So yeah, you know, forgiveness has definitely been a part of my life. But then also, you know, just understanding, you know what I mean? Understanding people, understanding people's capacity to be able to see where you're headed and what you want to do. And understanding that sometimes people, you know, they gonna hate or they gonna try to hold you back and it's your responsibility to continue to move forward and it's your at the end of the day you have to create your life and that's what the show and why the show is named what it is is because a long time ago i had to literally put my life on my back as a kid and decide that these are the pillars and the things that i'm going to do i mean literally you know i had foster parents who brought me into their room and read me the statistics on foster care children and then just sent me on my way really yeah so here's the thing about foster care children that a lot of people don't know 10 percent of us go to college 3% of us graduate from college. Cut that in half for minorities, then cut it in half again for African-American males. Wow. So right now we're looking at like a 0.2% or something like that, right? But it's that thing that's going to drive you. So you know what I mean? When I had that experience, you know, one particular foster mom, she treated me very poorly, kind of like the mom from Antoine Fisher. She was just very, very mean. But I took it upon myself to take it as a challenge and say, hey, you know what? I'm not going to be broken. This is not going to be the end of my story. I'm going to take over. I'm going to create my life. And so I started to seek out those mentors and people who could help me to go where I wanted to. And so now in hindsight, when I look at, you know, that experience and I understand who this woman was and what her intentions were with me, then for me, I can only feel sorry for and I can only be proud of myself because I didn't allow myself to be broken. And at that point, you know, she's where she is now and I am where I am now. And, you know, it's faith, it's hard work and dedication at the end of the day, you know, really holding on. Like I literally for years and years, all I had was, you know what I mean, was my dreams. And even as an adult, as a man, you know, I had the same thing, you know, and as I've gotten older, I've learned to move past that and understand that there are other aspects to life and things like that. But for me, like holding on to that dream and really working to push forward and become a better person and to leave the past where it is, that is the reason why I can sit here and be on the Create Your Life series and have conversations with you and love everything about you that you do in order to empower people and stuff like that, because I've left that stuff behind me. Now, I ain't perfect. You know what I mean? There's still some remnants, but at the same time, you know, it's definitely been the opportunity to become a better person through 
forgiveness. Thank you so much. Thank you for answering that question. And nah, any all my questions. Appreciate that. Of course, I would answer anything for you, Selena Hill. But you know, that was actually a really thorough question. That was to me, you know what I mean, one of those questions about you know the authentic, like yo, it's one of them straight to the. <laughs> I'm such ones. a New Yorker, right? right. I'm so like cut it. and dry, <laughs> straight, direct, straight shooter. Seriously. I love it. Well, Selena, thank you yes, so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. Really appreciate <laughs> it. Of course. All right, Create Your Life family. We'll catch you next time. Beautiful people. If you enjoyed this episode of the Create Your Life series, be sure to download it from our podcast, which is available on createyourlifeseries.com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Music. Also, be sure to leave a review of the podcast. You can catch us live on Sundays from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via 90.3 FM in New York or on Facebook Live at facebook.com backslash kevbrown1. We encourage you to participate in the conversation on Facebook or call in at 212-650-6903. Follow us on Instagram at CYL Series and at Kevin Y. Brown. Be blessed, and we'll see you back here live next week. Ta propre vie. Create your life. Create your life. Crée la tua vita. Create your life. Don't skip your life. You better create your life. <laughs> create your life. Create la vie. Create your life. Create your life. <laughs>